going to be continuing the series that Charlie has been uh, giving to us over the last several weeks on uh, stories with intent, parables of Jesus, and we'll be in Luke 14, especially verses 7 through 14 today. It's the season of the year for feasting, which is both a good and a bad thing. Celebrating with family and for those who are uh, observant and those who are simply caught up in the football of the season. Uh, The uh, football frenzy. Sometimes these three come together in one occasion. My family goes every year to celebrate Thanksgiving with my, uh, with my sister and brother-in-law in San Antonio, and I've noticed over the years that his neighbors, he's got three neighbors, and they each have uh, a school flag that hangs outside their house, directly opposite and next to uh, my, my brother-in-law. UT flag, an AM flag, and an OU flag. Uh, I asked one of them how they all get along because I couldn't help but notice this. One Thanksgiving I was there, and he laughed, and he said, well, it gets very interesting on game day, especially during Thanksgiving. Occasions for celebrating can often become occasions for divisions and circling the wagons and self-seeking. Let me draw your attention to another image of feasting and division. In Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting, one of the great paintings in history, Jesus is flanked by his disciples, as you can see uh, in the image behind me. As he imparts to them the final Passover meal, the twelve are shown with a variety of emotions, poses, and gestures in response to some declaration Jesus has made. There are some who are close to him, others are further away from Jesus and engaging in conversation. Judas is a dark figure in this painting, and he leans away from Jesus, but he reaches forward for the sop as Jesus also does. Some disciples are close, some more separated, some debating, some wrapped in their own conversations, and one with dark intent. But Jesus imparts to them all the elements of the supper. We also have been invited to sit at the table of the Lord and share his banquet in the kingdom. Let us hear the words of Luke this morning about what it means to be at that table and also how we tend to behave at table in the kingdom. Let's hear the words of the Lord from Luke 14, verses 7 through 14. He began speaking a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the the table and said to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you are may have been uh, invited by him. And he who invited you both shall come and say to you, give place to this man, and then in disgrace you proceed to occupy the last place. 
But when you're invited, go and recline at the last place so that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. He also went on to say to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and repayment come to you. But when you give a reception, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed, since they do not have the means to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. May God bless the reading of his word. Chapters 13 and 14 of the Gospel of Luke deal with teachings about the kingdom as Jesus has set his face toward Jerusalem for he has said it's not possible for a prophet to die outside of Jerusalem. And in those sayings about the kingdom, he often uses the metaphor of sitting at table for a meal. Healing a bent woman in chapter 13 is an occasion for teachings about the kingdom. The kingdom is for all those people bound by Satan whom God has released. Jesus describes the kingdom as a small beginning like a mustard seed, which grows unobtrusively into a great tree. It is like a small bit of leaven, which grows, though it's hidden in its influence, and eventually permeates everything. The way, he tells us, to the kingdom is narrow, and Jesus exhorts his hearers with a parable to strive to enter by the narrow gate. Otherwise, after um, the householder comes and the gate is closed, those outside will no longer have opportunity to enter. The time is limited and urgent. In chapter 13, 23 through 30, Jesus used the metaphor of the preparation for a feast, sitting at table at a meal as an analogy for the coming of the kingdom. And all of these accounts in chapter 13 are intended to tell us what life in the kingdom is like. In chapter 14, the preparation for the meal mentioned in chapter 13 is over and the meal itself has arrived. In chapter 14, there's a literal meal where Jesus reclines at table in the house of a Pharisee. And yet, all of the vignettes of the chapter deal with kingdom parables, those set in the context of a literal meal. So I invite us all to look at these not only as literal events at a meal, as literal recommendations to people, but also as parables of the kingdom. Chapter 13 looked forward to the banquet of the kingdom. Chapter 14 tells us more about what that banquet is like. It begins with Jesus healing a sick man there at that occasion of the meal, prefiguring the inclusion 
into the kingdom of the unclean and the marginalized, the social outcasts. The chapter continues with the text that I've read, the reversal of position and prestige in the kingdom of God. At a meal in the house of this Pharisee, Jesus observed how the guests jockeyed for position for prestigious seats, so he told them a parable. He addressed this parable to all those who were called, all who sat at table with Jesus. The scene is a literal meal with a Pharisee and with his guests, but it deals on a deeper level with life in the kingdom. Those who were called are not just those invited to the dinner at a Pharisee's house, although included them. They have been invited into the kingdom to sit at table and enjoy the blessings of God, the host. By means of an example, Jesus explains that the way to greatness in the kingdom is not by seeking the place of prestige and honor. The way to humiliation in the kingdom of God is by seeking such honor. The parable gives us insight not only into the dynamics of interaction among the people of God, but also the true nature of the reversal in the kingdom. God delights in raising up that which is despised. In the Old Testament, he delights in the younger son and his elevation. He delights in that which is outcast and raising it to glory. He who humbles himself will be exalted. This passage does not deal with some who are at the table in the kingdom and some who are not. All those invited to the table of Christ, the Pharisee, disciples, the maimed, the blind in the parables that follow, are all part of those called by God who are enjoying the blessings of the host. In the second half of today's passage, Jesus tells the host of the dinner party to invite those who cannot repay him, who cannot reciprocate, the marginalized, the infirm, and the outcast. The ritually impure who are not allowed into corporate worship or polite society. But in the kingdom, the table metaphor in chapter 14, there is room for all at the banquet of Christ, not because any are able to reciprocate, but because they also are called to the one table of Christ. We are also those who sit at table with Jesus. And I think there are two thrusts in today's passage which apply directly to us as we encounter the values of the world. First of all, there are no big chairs or private dining areas at the Lord's table in the kingdom. Second, being at table in the kingdom means to be sharing fellowship with those who are often completely unlike us. No big chairs at the Lord's table. 
And I think Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper painting has it correct when he portrays the disciples around the table all on the same level with Jesus in their midst. Sometimes it violates our sense of fair play that all of us are beggars who come to the banquet of Christ. We think sometimes maybe there ought to be some sort of payoff, some method of distinguishing those that are you know, truly outstanding in the kingdom, some meritocracy of the kingdom. Or else, why do we work so hard? Why try so hard if we're all on the same level and treated equally? Sometimes we're the elder brother in the, parable, in the parable of the prodigal son or the Pharisee in Luke 14. And we need to hear Jesus' words that the kingdom is the reverse of our expectations. All who sit at table with Christ in the kingdom are on the same level and equally receive his blessings as one family. But the reality of family, even the church family, is that it is often easier to be with our friends, our relations, with those who are like us, with those who think like we do, with those who look like we do. And I share that. It is, in fact, easier than to be with those who are different, with those who make us uncomfortable or cannot provide anything at all for us. But what does Jesus' invitation to fellowship at table in the kingdom actually look like? It means that each Sunday we pass the bread, the one loaf, to those who may be completely different from us in terms of politics, in terms of preferences, in terms of football. It means that we, though perhaps educated, but too often ignorant in the school of Christ, that we give honor and respect to those who are unlettered. It means that the wealthy must count the poor as wealthy in the kingdom and themselves as beggars in the kingdom. It means the old must not despise the young for their youth, nor the youth despise the old because of their age. For we are equally children of God. It means that those who speak a different language or have a different culture from ours, all speak the same language in Christ and are all part of the same family of Christ. It means that a table in the kingdom is the one place where our differences are set aside and we take together the bread of unity because of the one body of Christ. Let us remember that all of us are beggars at the one table of Christ.
in the arithmetic of heaven, it is only those who subtract themselves who can be added to the seats at the banquet. In just a moment, we're going to be taking of the Lord's Supper together. Let us remember, in the words of Paul, to discern the body. Let us discern that we, each of us, severally are members together through all of the variations and differences that we may have politically, socially, economically, in any other way. This table prefigures the great banquet that we will enjoy together with Christ one day. If you are not a part of that one family of Christ, he invites you today to come and partake of the feast that he freely imparts to all of us. Won't you come while we stand and while we sing the song?